please stand by for another episode of Wired Shut. sir it is an extremely chocolatey chocolate cake Ooh. it's it's just a it's a personal battle <laughs> i'm not i'm not sure i'm gonna make it through a lot now when you say chocolate cake you do in fact mean a cake made of chocolate this isn't some sort of weird awkward post- sexual thing are you asking whether i'm eating a black woman's ass <laughs> <laughs> yes that would be a yes <laughs> Welcome to Wired Shut. I'm your host, Logan. He's your host, Jesse. Well, I'm your host, Jesse, and he's your host, Logan. And this is our latest episode of uh, this little old podcast. By our merch, I've been, I've been making some t-shirt designs. I oh, am. Yeah. Run us through what you've got so far. I'm not, I'm, not talking to the, I'm not talking to the audience. I'm talking to you specifically. But I... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, um, what episodes ah. have you got? Oh, not what episodes. What, um, what styles have you got so far? So we, we already had the logo and the the logo on yellow and the Freebird t shirt. Nice. And the Freebird damaged t shirt. Yep. Um, we now have the logos on transparency with either black or white writing, so you can put it on any color you want. It'll still look good. Um, we've got just the logo on its own. Nice. We've got the special edition um, wired duck. <laughs> I do like the Wired Duck, I've got to say. Yeah. It's a good time. There was a solid um, afternoon work <laughs> well um, Yeah, I kind of want the Wired Duck myself, to be honest. Especially if you go Wired Duck close, and then you get the pillow, which is just a massively close-up duck face. Staring. It's just the dead round yeah plain black eyes that just do it for you uh, it, it's a good time it, it's been in my head for ages just the what if our logo was just a weird looking duck with um gro- with lips and braces instead yeah. of a beak just, the logo has been zoomed way the fuck in all this time and now you just zoom out and you just sort of ah oh, that's uh, it huh uh. <laughs> Yeah, the, the pillow is a sight to behold. <laughs> just it's just a face that says, "I need a jacket." <laughs> mm. um, we also have the the Pornhub ripoff version of our own logo. Nice, cool. In black and cream, because <laughs> I thought it was funnier to put it in cream <laughs> instead of white. Um, how about off white? Oh God, what if you know after the number of years that we've been doing this at this point um we get our big break by hosting a pod <laughs> yeah exactly we are we end up All these years. We, we we end up breaking the big time by hosting a podcast through Pornhub that has nothing to do with porn well, Pornhub was always going to be the first place I would upload Freebird once it was done just because I suspect it's the only place it wouldn't get copyright struck yeah. <laughs> oh god uh, so have you seen Jokey yet? No, I'm going to go to tonight. Um, okay. But 
Oh boy. Yeah, I've I'm so I'm surprised how average the ratings have been coming out for it. Like no one, Oh, it no is not an average movie. Everyone's being a bit um SGW-ish about it. Right, okay. Cool, because it's symp- but, sympathizing with a guy who hates basically women? saying maybe the school shooter had a point effectively. Right, okay. Um which it doesn't. It does, but it doesn't. It's hmm. not its overall. But it, um, like it, it does. There are aspects of what it's talking about that are fair and valid criticisms. That you know, like it has a very eat the rich sentiment to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, there's um, never anything wrong with those sorts of stories. Like people don't tend to take issue with that. You never hear the rich saying, <laughs> "Oh man, that that movie was anti uh, wealth or anti wealthy." Yeah, how dare they? Yeah, um, that that's um, the most naturalized um, like order for society for there to be those two sides of the coin. It's always the rich and the poor, and, between those two. and it's never been a contestable issue of one group is calling out the other yeah that's usually where the political divide <laughs> um historically speaking yeah. has always been what alec baldwin was in this movie wait really yeah. are you reading the cast list i brought it up on metacritic um oh okay originally no he's not in it. he was meant to be in it he was originally going to be thomas wayne ah right that would have been a good time wait the, the guy they replaced him with is a really good choice and does really well in the movie um you, you sort of you're always you're always pulled in by phoenix's um like logic to a certain extent but you're always kept just at a distance from him because it never doesn't portray him as insane Mm -hmm. and like even even the parts where he's a um like yeah he's just a a bit of a weirdo and a loser it never hides from the fact that he's like he is there are aspects of his personality that no matter how hard he tried, he could never be normal. Right. He, so he's, he, he's, he's, he's sort of fucked no matter what. Yeah, he's playing with the cards that he's been dealt and he can't really change that at a bare yeah. minimum. He's, he is this. Yeah. And because and he's so small and yeah, then he goes up against Brett Cullen, who's um, Thomas Wayne. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, who and, was the guy who played him? It was Brett Cullen, wasn't it? The guy who kind of looks yeah, like now, a... Um, uh, slightly more out of shape Nolan. version of Sean Bean. Well, yeah, sure, he looks a little bit like Sean Bean playing Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Um, but he, whacking Phoenix is surprisingly smaller than this guy. So when he walks up to him, I think that it's the shots in the trailer. Mm. He surprisingly looks dwarfed and weak next to him, and it's actually quite interesting because. Um, yeah, obviously the Joker is, he's, like, he has a physicality, but you would never 
believe he's somebody that could actually win in a fight. Yeah, yeah. And then Brett Cullen kind of looks like what you'd expect an old Bruce Wayne to look like. Like he's fucking huge. Mm. Well, I, Which realistically is probably just normal man sized and fucking. Like he's tiny. Actor, so he's tiny. Yeah, but in saying that as well, like, yeah, yeah there's the, um, what is it, the alternate reality Batman. Um, where Thomas Wayne, like it was Bruce that was murdered in the other way, and and Thomas Wayne became Batman. Okay. And in that he's like he carries guns, he kills people on sight. Um, his whited out eyes and his costume are actually red. Um, his logo is red. Uh, oh. And he's like, yeah, violent and, and brutal. And in that in that reality, um, the murder of Bruce drove um martha insane and she became the joker okay and so that's that's why he can't kill the joker in this world is because it's his wife yeah um that's a world where what was it called it's flashpoint sorry yeah it's um when barry allen goes back and um uses his powers to time travel um he naturally first uses that to stop his mother from dying which was the event that caused him that led him down the path that eventually led to him becoming the flash and so by changing history he set off a whole new course of events with a new like dc world and in that world bruce is the one that died as a child and thomas became batman Mm. and so he seeks out batman's help to be able to get back to his own reality and that's when he learns that this isn't the same batman okay Mm. I was I was honestly surprised at the Waynes and the general Batman origin setup had anything to do with this movie at all. I knew like based on the I yeah, I didn't really pick up on that until I saw the second trailer where it shows him um like forcing that smile on the kid through the gates and somebody claiming yeah. that that was Bruce Wayne. Which is that's even like um no matter what you take away from his actions the joker in this movie is very much a victim of circumstance Mm, mm. his his upbringing his he's raised by like a schizophrenic mother treated yeah yeah it's he's what sorry sorry he was raised like his mother in the movie is like schizophrenic or something isn't she yeah well I don't know. Or just not I, quite I right. I don't know. The trailers just made it seem like he had this weird kind of morbid, um, way too close for comfort kind of relationship with his mother or something. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I I just don't want to um, delve too much into something you haven't seen. Sure, because sure. I think this is a good movie to go in completely dark. Okay. But um, yeah, he he's he takes care of her. Mm. Um. And she sort of firmly believes that she she's kind of like the mum on um, that that what's the movie where they just do drugs too much and they try and sell drugs but they just mostly do the drugs. Requiem for a Dream. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Um, where she just sort of lives through television and she's kind of detached. Hmm. What what's his career in the movie? Is is he just a stand up comic or? Does he actually have a day job? Um, his, his day job is the like sign spinner clown. Oh, right. Yeah, genuinely is that. Okay. Jesus. 
Yeah, um, and he, he works with a bunch of other people in that sort of industry, and they some of them are friendly to him, some of them bully the shit out of him, mm. but um, he... I, I don't know how he's making money. It's, it doesn't seem like a job that would pay much, but it is a period film. Yeah, it I never, suppose it's... it's um... It never really insinuates itself that way, but you look around and you're all of a sudden like, oh, these are like you know, late 70s, early 80s cars. These are... There's phone booths around. No one's using a cell phone. Um, yeah, and no, it's, no it's one references the like, internet. Um, People use cash, that kind of thing. It's it's loosely, subtly set during like the late, the last big sort of crazy period of New York history. Which would have been the late 70s, like the um, taxi yeah. driver period, right? Which is... Yeah, so, hmm. um, but in this, it sort of insinuates that um, in a quite modern way that anti-rich sentiment and um, his actions are what cause it mm. okay. um, but there's a, there's a lot I'd like to discuss with you about this movie but it's it's hard to until you've seen it no fair enough um, we, can, we can leave it at that for now and we can pick it up at the next episode to kind of delve into yeah. it a little bit um there was another movie coming out this week that it, it does not there is nothing comic-y about how he becomes who he is right it's he it, he is a product of severe abuse and like they're just unequivocally putting it out there that no no in the real world this, this is, is how you make a person like this yeah and it's like oh you thought the um nolan batman films were a realistic depiction of how somebody might become this sort yeah. of person it's like no no this yeah. is this is more like how it's going to go down um yeah the the real the batman to this joker is insane as well mm. there's no other way you could do it um just the like just a, a purely hate driven creature um does he and ever... his, his his laughter is quite off-putting. Yeah. Like he it's pained and because it's it's a it's like a um what's the word um uh, what's the we we shit fuck you know like yeah what's it called Tourette uh, it's, it's like, like a, a Tourette it's a social it's a tick. So he'll be sitting there, you know, being beaten up or crying or trying to solve something and explain something in a simple way or getting embarrassed or yeah. getting worried and you're just like ah! <laughs> he just like choke himself laughing trying desperately to stop the look on his face is one of pain not mm. of laughter um and he has cards that he hands out to people that say sorry i have a condition and it explains itself and like he, he's just like a a person with severe mental illness trying to get by. Yeah, right. God damn. And like, yeah, like he's part of a. You know, he's. Is it is it coming across I, in the sense I that he's, he's always trying to suppress, um. The the tick or whatever it is that you'd call it, um. And it, or he's trying to suppress a different personality in any way, or is it just that he's nah. mentally. He, he's just horrifically depressed, yeah, and and a, a victim of severe abuse, yeah. And he, 
everyone around him has always told him lies about his life, his entire life. And he honestly just wants to be happy. Mm. And um, just everyone that can really and just thinks he's weird and therefore treats him like crap. Huh. Yeah, okay. Um, there's no... There is nothing funny about this movie. That's the uh, aside from towards the. There's a few more, but you know, you know, the Joker in Batman movies is always a character that is terrifying and violent and mm. terrifyingly violent, but will genuinely make you laugh sometimes, even despite yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, everything is, is leading maybe to a punchline one of some moment kind, right? like that tops in this movie. Huh. He's just a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. He is. If, 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 if he he would be a terrifying once he's actually Joker, you know, he'd be a terrifying person to be in the room with. Yeah, yeah. There is there is nothing funny about the character um, or charismatic about him. You're just genuinely terrifying. Oh, he or- he's charismatic, but he's charismatic, and you're also afraid you're going to get hurt. Yeah, and yeah. You never you'll always balance on that knife edge of that but it's not like ledger's joker where you're like he's terrifying and i never want to meet him in real life but i can't deny that he's cool yeah yeah this joker is just i mean like he'll have a joke not go his way and you'll just see him get like start seething yeah yeah like he's he's not he's not infallible he's i don't know he it's it's something else entirely you're never quite sure what's going to set him off is that the idea like with the you know yeah with the ledger joke you you basically know what he's gonna do i think but um but it's this isn't a a com as much as it is a comic book story and characters from comic books this is not a comic book movie yeah this is a huge budget little indie sad movie that only about you know a million people worldwide would see yeah about a guy with severe mental illness coming apart but it's it's been done as a blockbuster yeah yeah and so it, it is graphic and it is real and it is hard to watch and it's hard to reconcile in your own head charlotte and i've been looking at each other for about the next two days just going fuck that movie (laughs) it's 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 haunting yeah you you don't feel happy coming out of it you don't know what you feel Mm. is it Um, one of those things where you're not quite sure what to connect with after you leave because normally when you watch a movie you're like you've got that sense of something going on in your brain where you're like, I, I kind of understand where some, some of that was coming from. And I'm looking around the world as I'm yeah, walking like, through this mall out of this theater right now. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of clicks for me. Not in a psychotic sort of way, almost, but it could be any movie that does that. I mean, cause, cause that is a very Todd Phillips thing. It's almost sarcastic in that it, cause you know, this type of movie would normally have you, empathize and root for this guy and then watch him slowly tick further and further down a road you can't follow Mm. 
this it never gives you the sensation that this guy is okay or that there is any way for him to be okay there is no like near misses in his life where he could have gone better yeah but um yeah. and you do agree with like he Like you could almost argue he doesn't actually hurt anyone in this movie that didn't deserve it. Yeah, yeah. That he was purely But he's a nightmare psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Like it's 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 just a it it conflicts with you at all angles and mm. it's extremely gripping to watch. It's terribly painful. Yeah. Um Does he tend to only target like the people that he ends up killing or, or hurting in some way? Are those purely reactive measures to people who have like entered his life to some degree and caused him some sort of grief or challenged him in some way or um is... yeah there is only whereas the the ledger one would always find people to like for a means to an end he'd target this person to get what he wanted yeah there is he everyone he kills in this movie has directly wronged him yeah right okay um and the that was actually one of the more interesting parts about it is he he is acting purely selfishly he does not see himself as the leader of the movement but he does get excited when he realizes that these people are like mirroring him yeah but the actions he takes have you know sweet nothing to do with these people's struggles mm. he's entirely selfish in why he does what he does does he go back and forth from the joker and non-joker persona or is that um, just part of the journey of the film that he, he slowly just does it back and forth until he's only just that now well so like for example He's wearing the same face makeup at the start because that is how he does his face for his clown job. Yeah, yeah. So you see him dressed, um, not in the the sort of the red and yellow cost, uh, suits you see towards the end, mm. but you do see him dressed as a clown frequently throughout the movie. Gotcha. Okay. And he does have that paint on his face, and he is laughing manically. Yeah, yeah. But. Um, but there's not necessarily it's a not shift till... when he's wearing the makeup until yeah yeah things start to Which, go off the I mean, rails. you've seen the trailer so that yeah. you yeah, know yeah. that there are beats and stuff that are killing joke and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it doesn't go the way it does in killing joke, but I, I, from what I know of that plot, there is at least borrowed elements from it. Mm. And. Killing, um, killing Joke set itself up quite nicely. That he, it, you couldn't he, rely on the events actually being told. Like, there's no narrator in the Killing Joke, but you're you're reading the panels and you're like, I don't know if any of this actually happened. Oh, uh, okay. Does that come across in this? Um, or do they play with that sort of? Yeah, thing? no. This movie is is at least thirty percent unreliable narrator. Mm. Well, I suppose you said earlier um, that he was constantly where, being misdirected and, you know, being lied to himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, the if you like, the emotional journey for him is him 
getting um getting screwed yeah. and then trying to find a way out of getting screwed then realizing that the person who he put up as the um the cause of his problems based on what he thought he knew about himself mm. was actually untrue and it was the it was people already in his life that had fucked him over okay so there's a bit of a rug pull moment where he kind of for him yeah yeah um yeah. and then that um that sort of comes to a head and makes him start to really just embrace his own it's not necessarily a tipping point moment where he completely cracks but it's a is it a moment of um we he shifts he shifts his his um his no i don't want to say approach but like whose side he's on if that makes sense like like he just steps back from it all completely it's, it's starts... honestly a lot more organic and realistic than that yeah yeah okay like it's it's as much about that as it is about the fact that um the local governments like pulled funding from social spending programs so he loses his court appointed shrink and he loses uh, his medication okay yeah so it plays on that interest like that that backdrop of what gotham was always about which was a like they play with the previous movies have always played with the idea that gotham is corrupted or corruptible yeah to some degree but um they don't play enough on the idea that it's it's it or the the world at large is something that's just completely um tearing the the the, the weak and the vulnerable apart bit by bit and then that, that's what yeah. creates the villains or the people who act out of desperation to get what they want whereas you've got this person on the other side who's a billionaire trying to solve those problems through violence <laughs> um yeah well you've you've got thomas wayne is running for mayor of the city right okay and you know if 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 you're a batman fan you assume that thomas wayne is the sort of holier than now like the the sort of legendary figure that um is of Bruce wealth, himself yeah. always imagines him to be you know right. like he was in the he is a man of wealth but he is a doctor he's like yeah yeah Th this is not that this is like much more of a real world politician that is a real person and probably not a great dude but yeah. you've never actually shown him shown him in any wide enough capacity yeah, for you to yeah. actually say whether he's just reacting badly to joker or whether he's just a prick yeah and i mean when you think about how his portrayal or sorry his um his memory of his portrayal is from bruce's side which is the only side you ever tend to see in stories yeah. um is that yeah he's a man of wealth about a man of means um, possibly a little bit disconnected but it was a doctor and was the person yeah. responsible for trying to save gotham to some degree by introducing like just by slapping yeah. a, a medical doctor on his life it made him instantly but he more, was also um but that's always from bruce's in, in angle that, in that in that context as well he was always a uh, massive philanthropist yeah yeah exactly yeah he built the he built the metro system he built clinics throughout the city he did 
and he, he sort of I'm sure, wasn't and there he, a and he purposefully centered a lot of his work in golfing. Like yeah, like for Wayne Industries, he he purposely set a lot of it there, where most of it would theoretically yeah, actually go offshore. Could have outsourced it. Um, but yeah, and they and, doesn't yeah. he say sort of it's their responsibility? Yeah, um, and you see that angle pretty much perpetuated uh, perpetuated throughout different versions of Batman. But if you think about, you look at you like in from our side, just as regular people looking at that, you look at yeah. local body elections when you see somebody who happens to be a doctor running for a form of office and you still yeah. think, oh, that doesn't actually make a difference in what you're actually trying to do. I don't give a shit no, that if, you're if, um, if, a medical if, professional or yeah. wealthy or a philanthropist or have this certain And realistically, if you or, wanted to help people be a doctor. Yeah, exactly. And do it for cheap. It's clear that by putting your face out there and putting and advocating for a certain few key issues, which is usually what people platform on, yeah, there's this disconnect which the every man sees, which is, well, I don't give a shit. Um, I know yeah, you're not going to make a difference. You're actually becoming part of the problem instead of actually working from the outside to try to solve it. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so it's after the sort of the news reports of a guy in a clown face doing something all of a sudden you get all these people that are showing up to protests and clown masks oh right okay um and they're all it's all very anti anti rich sentiment yeah and the whole thing's got sort of a sensation of a boiling powder keg and um yeah like the line in the trailer does it seem like it's just getting meaner out there yeah yeah um, like that's that sort of running theme where it's like it's all just building and building, and then um, you get frequent interludes throughout the movie of De Niro's TV show. Yeah. Okay. Is he Jeez, talk where... show host or? So it's 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 literally a replacement term? for Letterman and the Killing Joke. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so Arthur Fleck is a clown sign spinner by day who attempts to be a stand-up comedian at night mm. um, but the only time you ever see him being a successful stand-up comedian is potentially something that didn't happen so you don't actually <laughs> know whether he's any good at it or not which yeah from the um joker origin stories you you see that version of events where he's a stand-up comic a failing one and he's trying to support a wife yeah. and a young young child like an infant or like a pregnant wife oh, or something um with that and yeah he gets tied in with the mob to to run a yeah uh, to, to do a job the, yeah the scary thing is he has a joke book that he tries to write down and like he will catalog what um, he comes up with yeah and he'll write down things he thinks is funny and he will write notes when he like watches like stand-ups but you get shown inside his book every so often yeah and he is barely literate. Oh, no. Okay. And he cuts out things from newspapers and pictures of naked women and stuff, and he sticks them in the book. So it's it's just... Like, there, there are so many unacceptable behaviors by this man. It's really uncomfortable, and it makes it really hard to... Like, you... You will empathize and you'll definitely sympathize. Yeah, you'll understand yeah. what he's doing and like how he got to that point. And, but like, yeah, his actions are unacceptable, but you get it. 
like it was always gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Okay. He's. It's just. Yeah. It's. It's. It doesn't. It pulls no punches. Yeah. Um. It's. It's. You know how some movies are horrifically violent, but some movies are frankly violent, and yeah. frankly violent is a lot worse. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is one of those. This is exceptionally frankly violent. Yeah, yeah. Which you can only get from a certain style of film. Um, yeah. Or filmmakers tend to focus on that sort of violence. Um, like it's, it's, it's just. You usually see it in the types of show, like movies like Requiem for a Dream or um, The Wrestler, or you know, when you just see yeah. somebody shooting, shooting lines or something, shooting something up in their veins, and you just see a needle go into an old arm, and you're like, oh god. Uh, yeah that's well, not yeah, a violent act those... necessarily but that is frankly <laughs> just straight up yeah. close to look at yeah and um when a when you see somebody shoot a gun and it's just sudden and it's loud mm. and it surprises everyone in the scene and it just you know there's no excessive amount of blood but there is a large amount of blood mm. and and for the most part you know you get shot you just die instantly yeah yeah it's all it's all very just which is if oh, everyone's fuck, using that those, just happened. yeah which i mean if everyone's using those magnum slugs from back in the 70s then yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just gonna oh. carve a hole through you and let you like gush out with blood bud dwyer style he was using a pretty chunky revolver it might be a small barrel magnum mm. a, a short barrel magnum but he it's very like i'm surprised this is an r18 and I don't know why it it lacks. Is it not on on the surface level? It's R sixteen, I think. Holy shit! Okay. On um surface level, it doesn't justify R eighteen. But if you watched it, you would feel like it should be. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find the nowadays when you look up rating, it just shows you what it got rated. Yeah, now, of, um, nowadays you're like, we need the score. to find it. Was, I was like going to the movie theatre. The classification is probably what like, I should look up, right? Because theatres are about the only place anymore that you have to... Yeah, Joker, R16, violence, cruelty, and offensive language. Shit. Oh, the levels they'll go to. It's because people don't actually... I know it's the thing, the classification board do watch those movies. Yeah. Um... But they, yeah, it's puritanical mostly, isn't it? It's um, things that get captured with nudity yeah. and, and sexual acts and things that kind of get pushed to that higher level, even in New Zealand, which is ridiculous. Maybe they see it as something that's got a little bit of social significance to it, so they let it through on that basis that it's just a, it is a character study of the human condition yeah. so they're like yeah that's actually a realistic depiction it's violent as shit and um considering um america's reaction to this movie being released in theaters and what they're doing putting extra security at movie theaters because of the joker shootings um i mean like i am never one to say stuff like that yeah but to me i can see how the wrong kid Watching would misinterpret this movie. It can go very. Yeah, it could go very. It's. What's it called? It's because, because yeah, well, well, it, it it it's the it's the way I think, it, if I'm trying to describe the, 
it equates um, feeling downtrodden in your own life. Mm. And then he sees a movement out in the world that agrees with that anger in him. Yeah, and that's part of the risk of putting something like that out there, I guess, right? That, that's and, displaying yeah, vulnerability so, and weakness and... Um, I mean, yeah, I, I have no issue with, like, yeah, as I said, I have no issue with eat the rich sentiment. Yeah, that's yeah, totally yeah. fine. Um, but it's it's the part where the Joker is actually only acting selfish and impulsively, and he's doing so because he's a paranoid schizophrenic who is off medication and has been let, left behind by literally everyone that was even remotely close to him. Um but it's it's the fact where he he's shown to be and is feeling vindicated by a social movement that misinterprets his actions as as a sort of cultural shift. Right. Yeah. And it's something. So you... what it does mm-hmm. is it draws a parallel between I'm angry about how I'm treated. Yeah. And then the world looks at him. And as far as from his perspective, he looks at the world and the world says, yes, that's not fair. We all agree the world is changing because of that anger of yours. And Uh, that, I think, I can see the sort of... There's risk there, yeah. Well, it's it's part of... If you're um, focusing on an individual that's or your story that's um, not promoting, but, you know, following and... um, making a protagonist out of something that someone that is vulnerable and has those feelings and you're displaying a series of images and thoughts and emotions that cater to somebody who's already feeling that way they lose they don't quite click that it's actually a representation of that by somebody who isn't in that state of mind they've framed it in a particular way for people who are also outside that frame to look at it and go oh man that's terrible but it draws yeah, but it can if, draw people but if you're close to that you're if you're within that if frame you're and you in don't that place it, you'll just go woof and they're like yeah they're right the filmmaker's right everyone attached to this is right and that's the message they're trying to send to me in this little frame yeah so you, it's it could be devastating to the wrong person seeing that movie and these sorts of stories Jesus, God the damn. time article. What's it discussing? It's is it just twenty a... on Metacritic, the um, the time review. Um, Joker wants to be a movie about the emptiness of our culture. Instead, it's a prime example of it. Oh, for fuck's sake! Joaquin Phoenix is a certified graduate of the Acme Academy of Dramatic Arts. You want acting? Come and get it. Skills on display include, but are not limited to, leering, jeering, airhorn-style blasts of laughter timed for maximum audience discomfort, funky chicken-style dance moves, the occasional blank dead stare. Okay, and so I suppose and this is actually addressing... expressions this is... soulful lonerism. So what we just discussed with the idea that the you know the that, that audience that could watch it within that frame and kind of be caught up in it in the wrong way, you've got the people actually presenting this story from outside of the frame. Then you've got the people like this who are who are aware of what's being framed here, think they're too good for it, think they're too smart for it, and see it itself yeah. as something that's being framed in the wrong way. Also, I think a lot of these people just want to 
Oh, it's clickbait, um, right? Shit on Todd Phillips for being irresponsible, if you like. Oh, they're also the same people that probably would have um, happily voted for um, Green Books, but getting the best picture, even though that is what is wrong with movies these days. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to know. Um, sorry, <laughs> I just clicked on it. loud. I clicked on a different article and it just started playing a fucking video. I'm interested to know, like, I mean, this movie is taking um, taking a page from, what, The King of Comedy and Taxi Driver. I'm interested to know what the reviews were like back then. Because oh, yeah. naturally pre-internet, a lot of that kind of stuff gets lost and everyone just thinks of an old Scorsese film as an instant classic. This movie just shits for shit's sake. The movie is set in a Gotham City that's an that's a lazy approximation of gritty seventies era New York, complete with garbage strikes and super rats overrunning the city. Yeah, it is. It's, Do you understand it's, what Gotham and it's is? It's not about necessarily that stuff being literally real. It's about that is how the Joker feels. The world is more bad stuff happens day in day out. He gets angrier and more isolated by the minute. No one is ever kind to Arthur. He's the world's saddest punching bag. When the city's social services close down, he can no longer receive counselling. So this is, and these these are parts of the um, the the dialogue that again get like lose the meaning of the entire story. Like these are the t- the people writing this sort of shit about a movie are the same sorts of people who, in one hand, say get help, um, help our people, uh, mental health is no joke. Uh, be honest with yourself, you know, all that kind of put that that narrative out there. But at the same time, if somebody did act or react in a certain way that says, oh, God, mental illness, they'll also go, oh, that's your toxic culture. That's masculinity. That's all these different, yeah. and not necessarily masculinity. They're also the either, same people like, that spent years um, defending rapists for their art. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not pretend there isn't a fundamental hypocrisy in the arts community yeah exactly that's uh... they all they're they're only left leaning and um progressive as a means to uh feel better than other people yeah and it's to the other side of the hard enough um approach to dealing with shit like this right it's the um oh it's all in your head or not necessarily you had this coming, at least, but what did you expect sort at, of thing. At least harden up people who get stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yet we're supposed to feel sympathy for Arthur the Troubled Lamb because he hasn't had enough love. Yes. What? Like, what? He was fucking abused by the boyfriends of his mother who was a paranoid schizophrenic who made up an entire origin story for her son and told it to him his entire life and never told him that he'd been abused, never explained to him why he laughed like an idiot all the time. You know what this is? It's narcissism at its core. It's people who cannot actually embed themselves in the journey of a character and just think, how would I react if I was in this situation? All they're doing is looking at the plot points and the things that connect the dots that create the story and pull it apart for the sake of pulling it apart. Because they watch it and they can't actually put themselves in that world and think that's what movies and stories are meant to be. You're meant to be the protagonist, no matter who it's actually meant like is on paper or on film. 
you're meant to follow their journey emotionally and follow those beats the same way and constantly refer back to yourself like oh god oh god i can understand that or god why did he do it that way if i was you know these are just people who are just watching for the sake of watching they're not actually closing themselves off anyway they have to watch it in a group they have to watch it and constantly stop and talk about it they can't just let things go and through the motions and if it's a competently put together film that's all they can do to pull it apart right is to pull apart the actions and the motives and the um behaviors of the characters and and treat it like it's something that should never have been put to paper in the first place because none of those things make logical sense but by the sounds of it they do make sense and they're angry at that (laughs) they don't agree with that it's yeah I, i don't i don't it's it's the equivalent of somebody an english teacher saying oh well what are the themes and metaphors here in the story what do you think the author was trying to say like well they said they said what they were trying to say when they talked about it when it was released what you're trying to get out of it is something completely different you're trying to string a curriculum after something yeah yeah joker does not have a plot it's a bunch of reaction gifs strung together the movie's cracks and practically all it's practically all cracks are stuffed with phony philosophy. Joker is dark only in a stupidly adolescent way. No, it's not. It's it's really not. It's it's about the realities of mental illness and the damage that does to you and what that the dangers that can turn into the, if you don't actually the, address it. The thing and there it's is also that doing missing. that while comparing it and contrasting it with society turning darker and darker because yeah there there is a lot of resources all accumulated by very few people Mm -hmm. and i could be wrong but i think general cultural zeitgeist is starting to look towards these people and say fucking explain yourself and i mean are they aware that the reaction that they're having to this movie is what you would expect from a certain piece of society who looked at a character like this, rea- doing things like this, and understanding their world like this, and still saying, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you do that? This is a, like this is all bullshit. Stop doing that." Um, yeah. And if you've, I mean, you could think of it. Uh, sorry, you could excu- excuse the this approach. She's suggesting that Arthur is. They're missing the point that it's not a you can't rely on the narration of the film, right? That you can't actually trust what you're saying to some degree. Clearly, she Arthur is not actually um, good. He he's not viewing any of this through the lens of a cultural movement. Mm. It just happens as a as a symptom of society happening in the background. Mm. He's very unhinged and with his anger very self-absorbed he is only attacking people and he's only putting on the um the the sort of cultural movement thing that all comes later yeah he he just tacks that on once he sees it start to work he's not so they're they're responding to it like somebody who only ever has a written understand like a or a socially agreed understanding of what a b and c should be based on um the moral and social 
uh, outlinings of like today. So they're not actually focusing on well, what could actually make somebody be this way, and what. Yeah. Well, I mean, this does pretty clearly outline it. It's just, but it's. Yeah, it's the movie makes. He's just a angry, sad man. Yeah. And he snaps. And yeah, the social movement is an accidental result of that. And then once he starts to see it and he starts to find some manner of acceptance through the social movement, that causes him to adopt it and pretend he knew it was happening and he was a part of it all along. Mm. He, he indulges his own ego and becomes the Joker, and that is his sort of growth throughout the film. He goes from a small guy who's beaten down, who everyone treats like shit, mm. and then by the end of the movie, he embraces the parts of himself that he can't control and the parts of himself that are scary to others and the parts of himself that are probably ultimately his undoing. But he embraces it because it seemed to inspire people and because he just gets a nice feedback loop from it. It's yeah. Whereas it's not I'm... a positive thing. It's it's basically somebody going it's 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 closer to like how, say, Anakin should have been shown to turn evil. It's an actual person who's just stuck in a shitty circumstance who has some serious challenges in their life yeah and gets no breaks whatsoever and then eventually yeah makes the decision to just lean into the fact that the negativity seems to make his life better yeah and i'm reading i'm reading old reviews of like the king of comedy here and roger ebert gave it three stars out of five saying this this sounds all like an entertaining story i suppose but school says he doesn't direct a single scene for a payoff um, it's not a bad movie it's just frustrating to watch unpleasant to remember and in its own way quite effective but he still only gave it three stars um, mm. there's taxi driver reviews that mostly critically acclaimed at the time and because it, it won Oscars and all that kind of jazz but there are people out there who said it was um, where was it gory cold-blooded story of a sick man's lurid descent into violence which was ugly and unredeeming so, so there are still people who just don't quite click. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's not wrong. Yeah. But I don't get why yeah, that shouldn't viewing. be something that isn't... That makes it a terrible like, viewing experience as a film, yeah, right? Yeah. Why... why If you just said those things, that, that is a description of plot. Yeah, it's not an actual um, assessment or critique, is it? It's, it's a no. statement, yeah. So, I, I mean, I would argue that you could have a movie with a fucking horrific plot. And as long as you execute it well, you'll still end up with a good movie. Mm. Like, not a plot that's nonsensical or something like that, but just maybe something that's boring or a bit bland or doesn't go in a traditional way or something like that. Yeah. But as long as you execute it well, yeah, it should be fine. But Yeah, because we've seen the opposite it, of that. Write a fantastical story that's just complete fucking garbage and boring um was it jupiter like, like roger moore's <laughs> review roger moore michael moore roger repellently violent intimately epic empowered by a performance so absorbed 
hurt, confused, and just out there that it makes everything that's come before it in the genre just a vamp in tights. Joker turns every previous film in this justly maligned genre into just a cartoon. Damn, there's an Oscar in this. Yeah, I don't get how anyone is saying that this is, like, overacting. Mm. It is. What you see is... Um, you don't. You shouldn't be looking at him for his outbursts. What you look at is him feeling terrible for, and embarrassed and trying to stop them. It's it's not like if you look for the the empathizable person beneath all his sicknesses, you will realize just how well Joaquin Phoenix is pulling that off mm, mm. I, I mean basically everyone that's ever played the Joker deserved an Oscar yeah yeah. well I mean I think um, <laughs> Jared Leto maybe not <laughs> oh, I, I still to be honest this Joker is closer to Jared Leto than all the others oh really because he's not funny mm. <laughs> And but but it, no, <laughs> that wasn't meant to be a joke. Um, it's it's not designed to be funny. It's 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 a terrifying guy in clown makeup. Yeah. Um. It's it's this movie yeah, is almost more quite... of a psychological horror. Mm. If the psychological horror came from the actual trauma of being put through this movie. I suppose the Suicide Squad version was the closest version of somebody that you don't ever want to be in the same room with or hold it because you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. You don't know what's no. going to set them, set them off. Um, you don't know least, what he's thinking. You don't know if he's thinking. That's the thing constantly about um, Heath Ledger's one, or the Dark Knight Joker was. He was always professing chaos, but you knew every time something was happening, there was a reason behind it. Yes, and every always... time he said he was talking about chaos, you would see he would actually take actions that disagreed with that. Yeah, yeah. So he was actually just... Um, most of the, the sort of chaos thing was just a way to justify his actions and to... Uh, what's the word? It was, a, it was a red herring. It was meant to push uh, I mean, but he, he he just liked to wax poetic about what he was doing in a way that was more meaningful than what yeah. he was actually doing. and it gets the people who are trying to investigate what he is about and what's he what is he going to do next to um, stop thinking like that stop trying to yeah. predict his next move because he said there is no next move and that stops you from looking for the next move you start thinking yeah you can't piece together the previous steps to get to the next step anymore you've just got to assume based on the information you've found already that this is what he's going to do with that but you can't yeah, be sure it, so there's all, and that's why he always had three or four different things happening at the same time when he targeted those people with the with the cards so he was going to kill the mayor the judge um, the commissioner he did all yeah. four, four of those things at the same time to split people up split the resources yeah. up and then he did the same with um, Two-Face and Harvey Squeeze um Dylan Hall. Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. You know, he split split them up again. He wasn't doing one thing. It was just like, yeah, it was it was it was all a big 
super villain caper really yeah which is, is that's all the joker that, things um, that we're like you've got to pick one you can only save one yeah which is is it was in the con- it was in the cartoon you really look back at it, those nolan movies are way more comic booky than you realize just use they just used um, grounded sets and grounded technology and um, good acting and yeah. you know things like that to to ground something. But if you actually pay attention to just the plot and just how things go the way they do, you realise it's extremely it's still very schlocky in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, and all the sci-fi stuff in that was still very high, like sci-fi. It's just that they built up yeah. a, a nice world where you'd slowly believe that because bit by bit they could add a little bit more unrealism to what Wayne Tech was capable of doing yeah like the, the magic water destroying machine yeah or whatever we're going with that alright well that's that's I think that is a nice tidy little episode we'll uh, we'll take a break and we can uh, pick up your uh, Scientology talk if you like my Scientology story yeah starring what's his name is it British documentary uh, Louis Thoreau yeah going clear so. alright well this has been Wide Shut this has been Wide Shut um, he's been your host yeah host Jesse host Logan host Logan host yes cool um hit us up in the usual socials buy some merch buy some merch man we've got some good merch now T public I'll bring it up we'll tweets it tpublic.coms slash watch podcasting yeah you'll find it look for the lips <laughs>